Come on, let's pray. God, thank you for your goodness to each and every one of us. But thank you most of all for Jesus. Amen, church. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team, for bringing us into the presence of God. You know, as I was thinking, I don't want you to hear the wrong thing when I say that church planting is hard. I'm not referring to the people. I'm referring to the fact that when God does a new thing, how many of you know the devil is not interested in that? And so he begins to tell lies to anybody that will listen. And so we press on toward the mark, to the high calling that God's called us to. And uh, we are in a series all about prayer. We're talking about prayer. Last week, Pastor Jerome talked about what it looks like to be in mindful prayer. Today, in that same vein that we've been talking today already, I want to talk to you about why you ought to persist in prayer. We're going to have a little class participation today. I want you to raise your hand if you have ever prayed for something and God either, in your opinion, did not answer that prayer or said, no, can I get a witness in church? A few of you are lying. That's fine. We'll pray for you at the end of today before communion. It says, examine yourself. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding, really. That's probably true. But uh, maybe you just weren't listening. I don't know. Maybe I've bored you to sleep already. I'm fine with that. But uh, I want to talk about persisting in prayer. Before we come to the communion table, I want to just set that table and let you know and remind you of some things you already know and tell you that God not only hears your prayers, but he answers prayers. He doesn't have to answer it the way we want him to. Come on, church. Amen. But he is answering. He is moving. He is doing what he said he would do. And he told us and the over arching theme is that what he tells us to pray for what his heart is the tagline of our series is grasping the heart of God what is the heart of God he told us to pray that God's kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven that is his will we're going to read many scriptures today that tell you what his will is for you and it spoiler alert involves you praying us praying together. But I want to start in Romans chapter 12. So if you have a Bible, meet me there, either on your phone. You can also get all of these notes in the Bible app. If you go in the Version Bible app and go under the, like the hamburger menu and go to events, it should be right at the top because you're literally sitting here. So it's done by location. Um, so you can get all these notes there if you, because I'm going to move a little quick today. And uh, you can get them there if you want them. But what I'd like to do is just read all of Romans 12 with you. It'll be on the screen if you don't have a Bible today. But uh, I want you to get this full picture of what the Apostle Paul was writing under inspiration of the Holy Spirit to a church people in Rome that he loved. I think sometimes we can forget that Paul was a real human being under real persecution, writing to real church people at a real time in history. And he's saying these things, 
not as some idealistic picture of what the church could be, but as a true invitation that this is what we can be and become. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul's writing these words. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, by the mercies of God to present your body. This is a participatory worship event. That you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Some of your translations will say, which is your reasonable service. I like that. If there's like a low bar for what it looks like to be a Christian, here's what's reasonable. That you present all of who you are to God as a living sacrifice. How's that going? I'm not always like that. That's going to come as a surprise to some of you. Some of you, that's not a surprise. You're laughing. You're like, I know you. Think about that. What does spiritual worship look like? Presenting your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. There's so many things we could talk about. Talk about sin. We could talk about community. We could talk about worship. We, we could talk about so many things when it comes to offering that. Look at verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good, acceptable, and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. I'm going to preach on that someday. We're coming back to that. But I'm still feeling guilty about it, so we're going to move on. Each according, some of you don't know me really, you're like, what is this guy talking about? Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So pick up on some of these things, like, some of us have different levels of faith as we're moving through this journey. This is what it looks like to bear each other's burdens that Paul said to another church family they loved, right? That when you are suffering and we are not, that we will come and suffer with you, that we will participate. This is what it looks like to remember, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. These are the ways we do it. For as in one body we have many members and the members do not all have the same function, so though we are many... We are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Why does it matter what's going on in Cambodia? Because we are one body, members of one another. Why does it matter what's happening in Brandon? Because we are one body, members of one another. It's not just us, though that is true. We're one church. Verse 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us, what's it say? Use them. Let us use them. One of the other things that we're doing is you're going to continue to hear these invitations to come be a part of something God's doing at Redeemer. So at the end of the year, we invited those of you who felt like you had the gift of generosity. Come meet with us. Let's talk about that. Get involved. I'm also going to make an invitation to you right now. If you feel called to worship the Lord in a specific capacity, whether it be through an instrument or through a voice or through leading worship, up here, we want to talk to you. We want to meet with you. 
But here's what I want to add to that. Some of you are called to be on the worship team that will never stand on this stage. But you are a worshiper. And I don't mean that in the sense that we all are. But God's given you a gift. And what we want to do is bring some of you, the body, into the worship team that will pray for this team. That will come to rehearsals and stand in these pews and lift your hands as they practice and rehearse. And that you will pray over them as they're doing that. We're trying to build a different kind of culture. And so when it says use them, what we're tracking towards in our spiritual formation plan for 2024 is that you, every single one of you, and I think I know almost all of you in here, every one of you would use your spiritual gift this year in 2024. What an awesome thing that is to think about. So he goes on. We have all these different gifts. Let's use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who con- contributes contributes in generosity. All right? We talked about that already. We celebrated that. Then it goes on and on and on. But look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. I think that's getting lost in our culture, isn't it? That when something's evil, we just see it and we know it's evil. So when people die in the Middle East, it's evil. When babies are killed in our country, it's evil. Like, like let, let's, not, let's not forget, like, there are things that are evil. God is a God of life. God is a God of beauty. And the things that break that, we can call them what they are. It doesn't mean we don't love people. It doesn't mean we rush into those dark places with light. We do. Let's not forget what is evil we abhor. Our love is genuine, though. Love one another with brotherly affection. What's that look like? Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful and zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in what? Prayer. That's where we want to land today. That in the midst of all of this, what does it look like? To present your body as a living sacrifice. What does that look like when you're praying? What it looks like when it comes to prayer is to be constant. To be persistent in prayer. Verse 13, contribute to the needs of the saints. Seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Ouch. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Don't you love those words? Never. You think you got something figured out? Never be wise in your own sight. Whoa. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Like, not like God's going to kill him. It's like a cultural thing. You should look it up. (laughs) Okay? Look at verse 21. If you need a vision for 2024, wouldn't this be a good one? Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. I could just stop. 
That'd be great. That'd be a great sermon for today. But what I want to do is zero in on that. In that context, we're called, we're invited to be constant in prayer. For the last few weeks, we've been talking about prayer. We're engaged in 21 days of prayer collectively as a church body. I don't know about you. That's been hard for me this time. So much going on. So much so that Jerome and I are talking about just restarting it in February. (laughs) And doing it again. Because I don't know about you, but I'm distracted. I don't want to be distracted. But why should I be persistent in prayer? Think about that. Think about that question. Why should you be constant in prayer? It's a question, but it's also an invitation. Paul's telling these people in Rome, be constant in prayer in the midst of all other things of what, it, what does it look like to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God? Well, it has to include communication with God, doesn't it? It has to include actually spending time with the God who you're presenting your body as a living sacrifice to. So critically important. I think about two saints who have gone before us, two old dead guys who wrote really amazing things outside of the Bible. Origen wrote a book called On Prayer, and here's what he said. This will be on the screen for you. One who prays ceaselessly is one who combines prayer with work and work with prayer. You can leave it up for a second. Think about that. What does that mean? See, a lot of times we think we have to totally step away from whatever it is that God has placed. No, God didn't make a mistake putting you where you are, when you are, and how he got you there. He didn't make a mistake. What he is inviting you to do is to join him in what he's doing right where you're at. So if you're a doctor, you're going to meet people that I will never meet. If you're a school teacher, you're going to meet people that I will never meet. I'm a pastor. I'm going to meet people you will never meet. So it's part of what that being different members of the body matters. But it is intentionally joining our prayer and our work. Because what does the Lord say? We're going to look at this later. It's not going to be up now. But that... When our, we can ask whatever we want if our will aligns with his will, right? And he says, I'll do it. But that gets really complicated. One who prays ceaselessly is one who combines prayer with work and work with prayer. Let's go to St. Augustine. Pray, he's famous for this quote, pray as though everything depended on God, work as though everything depended on you. <laughs> we get that. But since we're in Romans 12, and verse 12 is our key verse, I naturally, like a good pastor, brought you 12 reasons that you should be persistent in prayer. Come on, that was good. 12 motivations for all of God's people, for every single one of us together to be persistent in prayer. And and I want you to know that I'm writing these in a capacity that you're going to hear it as us not you not me us because i want you to hear that i want you to know that it's us together doing these things that god chooses to move but we're going to fly through these so that we can take communion together but number one and maybe the most obvious because god listens to prayer 
I hope that I never lose the wonder of the fact that the God of the universe is willing, yea, wants to listen to me. What a wild concept. Psalm 116.1 says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. See, even in the midst of my own sin, my own dumb decisions, God listens to me and my pleas for mercy. Notice it wasn't just about like, God, I need something. No, no, no. I did something. (laughs) And you still listen to me. What an amazing thing. Number two, not only does he listen to prayer, listen to what number two, God answers prayer. Psalm 118.5, out of my distress, I called to the Lord and the Lord answered me and what? Set me free. Listen, I, I am not lost. There's somebody sitting in this room right now that needs the Lord to set you free. From others' expectations, from sin, from financial pressure, from, I don't know. But between you and the Lord, you know. In my distress, I called on the Lord and the Lord answered me and set me free. Number three, God's will for us is that we pray. If I've heard one question as a pastor, I've heard this one a hundred times. I don't know what what is God's will. I don't know what God's will is for me. Well, the Bible tells you what God's will is for you. Look, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice. How how many times? Well, I couldn't hear you. What? Always. Man, Man, these like... These ultimatums that the Bible does. Always. But what about when my wife, she's not here, so I'm going to pick on her. When my wife doesn't rejoice over me. <laughs> no, no. It's not talking about that. Rejoice always. <laughs> Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in how many circumstances? All circumstances. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. There are no caveats to that. And this is why we still need Jesus and the Holy Spirit and each other. Number four, God aligns our will with his will in prayer. First John five fourteen, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to His will, he hears us. Number five, God eases our anxiety in prayer. Philippians 4, 5 through 7, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious. Here we go again. About what? Anything. That's what? Not be anxious about anything, but in what? Everything. How do I not be anxious about anything? You discipline your mind and body to pray. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what's going to happen if I will commit my body? Remember, present your body a living sacrifice. What happens when I do that? The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will do what? Guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus.
But we participate in that. Man, that's powerful. Number six, God wants us to pray honestly. He knows everything. Newsflash. <laughs> You're not going to surprise him. Psalm 62, 8. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. If there's anybody you can be honest with, it's the Lord. It's not thrown by that. Number seven, God wants you to pray consistently. Colossians 4, 2. Devote yourselves to prayer. There is a spiritual discipline aspect to this. It's not just going to happen. You've heard the phrase, we can lead a horse to water, but you can't what? He's with my kids daily. <laughs> it's great parenting, by the way. No, it's not really. Tell your middle schooler, I'm going to lead you to water, but I can't make you drink. So I pray. Amen. Think about that. Devote yourselves to prayer. And then what? Being watchful and thankful. You can do all that at the same time. I love that. Number eight, God wants us to pray for others. It's not just about us, right? I don't, we, we know that, but we need to be reminded of that, don't we? First Timothy 2, 1 through 4, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for how many people? All people. All these all words, everyone, everything, never, always. Wow. For all people, for kings and those in authority, doesn't say which side of the aisle they're on. It says what? Pray for them. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. We'll save that. There's a lot to think about there in our moment, right? We're coming up on an election again. What does it look like for God's people to pray for all people. All people. All the kings. All the people in authority. Not just yours. It's important. Why is that important? Because God our Savior wants all people to be saved. And come to a knowledge of the truth. Number nine. God wants us to pray with others. We're going to practice that here in a minute. And pray in the Spirit, Ephesians 6.18, on all occasions, here we are again, all occasions, and in all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Number 11, God helps others through our prayers. These are things we know, but we need to be reminded. 2 Corinthians 1.11, you, you also must help us by prayer. So that many, you, you ever tell somebody to pray for them and they're like, yeah, I, we need prayer and action. I mean, if I saw anything on social media over the last few years, it's like, go ahead and pray, but we need action too. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, present your body a living sacrifice. We're a yes to that. But let's not downgrade prayer to being inactive. No, no, no. Prayer is, we need your help through prayer. Let's not get lost in the fact that prayer matters a lot. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Blessing comes through prayer. And number 12, and maybe the most important, God is glorified through prayer. Psalm 50 verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. 
So to tie all of that together with the quotes I shared at the beginning. Let me say it to you this way. God does much of his will and work in prayer. God does much. I I wanted to say all, but I felt like there was a caveat where he's going to act without us acting, right? Salvation, right? Dead people don't do anything. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, and God made you alive together with Christ, right? Then he gave you a vocation to be his ambassador on earth. I love what Corinthians says, God making his appeal to the world through us. That's scary to me. (laughs) Got a lot of work to do. But God does much of his will and work through prayer. Listen, it starts here. Right? If you are struggling, if you are celebrating, it needs to happen in here. People need to know what you're celebrating. People need to know what you are hurting in. And that's the way God has chosen to work is through his people. And so in just a minute, we're going to take communion. We're going to sing again. But we're also going to pray. Because that's what church people do, right? And so if you're a guest of ours today and you're not used to going to church and praying, I'm sorry that we have failed you in that way. Or that the church around the world has failed you in that way. When you come to church, you should expect to pray. And we want to reorient that. We want to change that. As much as we sing, we should pray. As much as we preach, we should pray, right? What, what are the, there's four things they devoted themselves to in that first church. Teaching, check. Worshiping God, check. Breaking bread, check. And prayer, We devote ourselves to it, which means it has to take our time. And so what I want to do with you now is I want to invite you to stand. Go ahead, stand with me. I want to invite you to do two things. The band's going to come up. They're going to start to play with us. So come on up, guys and lady. They're going to start to pray. And I want to invite you to do two things. First, just at your own pace. Now, don't take forever, okay? We've got to actually get through this. But at your own pace, we have elements for communion up here. And I promise you, soon we're going to graduate from the convenience communion, all right? And we're going to do it in an amazing, beautiful, real bread kind of way. But today, I just want you to file through and get some elements and go back to your seat. And as the music plays over you, as that just filters through your mind and heart, One of the things that Paul told his friends in Corinth to do when they came to the communion table was to examine themselves. That though this is a celebration of grace, that we don't want to come to this table flippantly or irreverently, but we honor God because he laid down his life for us. He gave his body, he gave his blood, and then three days later he rose from the dead creating life in his name and he gave that to you he gave that to me he's building a church all around the world but he's doing it right here in our midst what a what a wild let's never let that get old amen so as you hear the music play i just want to invite you somebody go first 
and uh, come on down, get your elements, go back to your seat, and then just spend a couple minutes in prayer, just listening to the music, talking to the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to move in and do His thing. Let Him rearrange the furniture of your heart. Let Him do His work and His will as you pray. Let's put into practice those things that we have been reading today and celebrating today together. So come on forward, grab your elements, go back to your seat, just spend some time in prayer, and then I will lead you through uh, communion in just a couple minutes.